But if we were really sure about it, we wouldn't be making a podcast. We wouldn't think it, there was anything to talk about. No. Or if we were just chill about it. But that's okay. Anxiety fuels all of our work. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hi. I'm Elle Potter. And I'm Mary Higgins. And this is Life of Bi, a slippery history of bisexuality. Mm, But before we get into bisexuality, we thought we'd just tell you a little bit about us and why we're doing this, because there's a high chance you don't know who we are. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So in our normal lives, Mary and I are actually stage partners. Yes, we write queer autobiographical verbatim shows about (laughs) bodies and sex and relationships. Yes. And the fact that we used to be together. Oh, yes. We're ex-girlfriends, I always forget. (laughs) (laughs) Rude. But um, guys, I don't know if you knew this, but in 2020, theatre died. And with it, our queer (laughs) self-expression. And then the final death blow. We got boyfriends. Which was amazing. And a disaster. Celebrate despair. (laughs) And it got us to thinking about our bisexuality and why we can't just be straightforwardly proud of it. Yeah, and also why we don't really feel like we know that many bi people. Yeah. Like, where do they be, Mary? I don't know, Elle. (laughs) So we decided to find some new friends and make a podcast about them. Mm. And the original plan was to keep it super chill. Yeah, a sort of millennial classic. Like, have your mates on, chat nonsense, eventually become a cult. Yeah, minimum prep, easy money. But as we looked into it, we realised that, like... It's basically impossible to get a grip on bi stereotypes without actually looking into the history. Yeah, and before we knew it, we were neck deep in an investigative history documentary podcast. (laughs) we had to hire researchers. Researchers! It got out of hand, (laughs) and we've been working on this for months. Yeah, we started separately on Skype and stuff, and then we moved in together just so we could finish it. Yeah, so now we live in Margate together, which is lovely. Mm, And we record in my bedroom, because it's the only room with Wi-Fi. Mm, Which is less lovely. Um... (laughs) And we started how everyone starts every project that's ever been started. We (laughs) typed our search terms into Google. Yeah, so we typed in by history. And the first thing that comes up is a brief history of business intelligence systems. (laughs) So we were like, okay, fair enough. We did type by or do the whole words. We typed in bisexual history. And the first thing that comes up then is an essay on the psychiatric treatment of lesbian and bisexual women. So it's business and mental illness. The title of my upcoming autobiography. (laughs) (laughs) The point is, there's not a lot there. I knew it was going to be hard to find resources on bisexuality, um, but I think I underestimated just how much of a nightmare it was going to be. This is Eve. They're one of our researchers. After Eve had finished up their work with us, we were curious to know a bit about their process. I think in a really practical sense, it was you open Google Scholar and you can't just really type in bisexual and get that much. Like, obviously you can, but um, I think the language that we use kind of obscures when bisexual stories are being told in research. Academics love putting bisexual in their titles uh, with like LGB or LGBT. Uh, they never follow through. I'm like <laughs> control laughing by and it's just not happening. Um, so yeah, I've got a lot of, yeah, beef with certain academics now. 
You've taught me control F. Yeah, it's like, it's the keys for when you need to find something in a document or a web page that you used to search it. Mm -hmm. So you go control F, buy, and the computer goes, dung, (laughs) dung, dung. But part of the problem is that the word bisexual is relatively new. Yeah, and the word bisexual as we know it today is even newer. This is the case of Thomas slash Thomasine Hall. It's March 1629. We're in the colonial quarter court in Jamestown, Virginia. Thomas slash Thomasine Hall is standing in the docks. They're about to be tried for charges of sexual misconduct. Order! Order! Hall did lie with a maid of Mr Richard Bennett's called Great Bess. It's illegal for two unmarried people to have sex. It's called the crime of fornication. Yep, only if you're a man. Lesbian sex is not a prosecutable offence because it doesn't exist. The problem here is the court can't work out Hall's sex and therefore whether Hall can be prosecuted. Hall was christened as Thomasine, so was called and went clothed in woman's apparel. Which is true. For the first 22 years of Hall's life, Hall did go about in female clothing. Then, as a young adult in the 1620s, Hall cut their hair, dressed in men's clothing, and joined the army, a la Joan of Arc. Yeah, except that, on returning to England, Hall donned women's clothing again and took on women's jobs, like needlework. But since moving to Virginia, Hall has dressed variously in male and female clothing. We're here because the locals have started to notice Hall's unusual dress sense. The problem, as the court sees it, is Hall's reluctance to stick with one or the other. Hall, you are compelled to tell the court. Are you a man or a woman? But each time, Hall refuses to choose. Eventually, the judge asks Hall... Why do you insist on attiring yourself in women's apparel? And Hall replies... I go in women's apparel to get a bit for my cat. Hall's not talking about cat food here... Some historians think that what Hall is saying is that they dress in women's clothing when they want to attract men. We have that in common. But the court isn't satisfied with this answer and demands that Hall undergoes a series of humiliating examinations. Some local women inspect Hall's genitals to determine whether they are male or female. In fact, Hall was examined three times in their life, once while they were sleeping, once on the street... And once here, today, in the colonial court. But still, no one is sure, and the court needs to make a decision in order to determine a penalty. Shh, here comes the judge. Order, order. He is a man and a woman. And the punishment? Order! All the inhabitants here take notice. For the remainder of Hall's life, only his head to be attired in a quaff and crosscloth with an apron hung before him. From then on, Hall had to wear the breeches and shirt of a man with the cap and apron of a woman. Because if Hall couldn't pick one, they'd have to be both. It's likely that if Hall had been born a hundred or so years later, in the late 1700s, they probably would have been known as bisexual, with a hyphen in the middle. Bi-sexual was first recorded in the Oxford English Dictionary in 1793, describing plants with both male and female reproductive parts. A modern equivalent of the term might be intersex. It wasn't until 1892 that bisexual started being used as we know it today, meaning attraction to multiple genders. In Hall's time, people didn't separate sexuality from gender from genitalia. If you were dressed as a woman, you had to have a vagina and you had to have sex with men. 
And if you were dressed as a man, you had to have a dick and you had to have sex with women. And it's plain old cis heterosexuality, basically. So Hall was considered to be a bi-sexual in that they were considered to be both male and female simultaneously. Which meant they were a bisexual threat without the hyphen that time because they could have sex with men and women or anybody. Any sex that Hall had would literally be bi-sexual and a bisexual act. So Hall was banned from having any sex at all. Hello again. It's us. We're back for the 1600s. <laughs> Long old journey that. I'm fucking knackered. <laughs> but we've made it home. Home sweet home. To the 21st century. But we can actually talk to some IRL bisexuals. Yeah, Thomas slash Thomasine's Wi-Fi signal was just awful. <laughs> Oh, 2021, you. <laughs> a land of Twitter, Pornhub and Antibac. A time where bisexuality is completely accepted and undisputed. Harry Styles claims he's embraced sexual ambiguity. Taylor Swift exploiting gay culture to make money. Rita Ora, I would never intentionally cause harm to other LGBTQ people. Jessie J was bisexual, but now she is straight. Except it's not. Yes, in fact, it's hotly disputed online. Queer baiting, in case you didn't know, is when a celebrity is seen to be profiting from the ambiguity of their sexuality without actually coming out. Or when a writer hints towards queerness in a plot and doesn't follow through. Or doesn't even hint towards queerness in their writing, but claims that Dumbledore was always gay. Just an example. And it's complicated, all right? It's what they call a hot topic. We talked to Blue Del Barrio, who's an actor in the public eye, to find out what it's like on the front lines. My name is Blue Del Barrio. Uh, my pronouns are they, them, theirs, and I am an actor. Blue says that even though they publicly identify as queer, trans, non-binary, they still feel under pressure to be a watertight role model. I'm so happy to be able to be playing a character in the media who's going to help people. And it's also really stressful because as soon as you put a queer person of any kind in the media, people need them to label themselves immediately. Like, they need the labels, they need the terms, they need everything about you right off the bat. So even 400 years after Thomas slash Thomasine Hall was alive, we still have this cultural obsession with needing to scrutinise someone until they fit into a specific label. Yeah, except this time, the scrutiny isn't coming from a court judge, it's coming from the queer community. Blue remembers feeling suddenly exposed after being cast in their first high-profile role. I felt like I had to delete certain pictures off my Instagram um, that were either like, you know, if I was wearing a skirt or something, or I looked like a bit more feminine, I was like, I feel like I have to delete that. And it's it sucks. I'm still trying to gain that confidence back of like, that doesn't mean shit. I can do that. Uh, but it's definitely... It's stressful. And Blue's talking as someone who is publicly out mm. and hasn't been accused of queer baiting, but still it's pretty striking that the possibility of it still haunts them. Yeah, which goes to show just how far the other way we've gone since Thomas slash Thomasine. Because yeah. for Blue, it's almost the fear of not being seen to be queer enough. Yeah, and the people who are, who are accused of queer baiting are being accused of being queer but not coming out and saying it, mm. or not being queer at all but teasing their queer fans with the chance that they might be. This is the case of Ariana Grande. It's February the 8th, 2019. We're in a rooftop pool, Woo! would you believe? At a party in LA. 
We're in Ariana Grande's music video for Break Up With Your Girlfriend, I'm Bored. Mm-hmm. We can see Ariana. She's yeah. got her eyes on this fit, fit man. Mm, but the man is in a couple and his girlfriend is also fit, fit. She actually she actually looks a lot like Ariana. Oh, yeah. Don't you think? That's creepy. Maybe it's intentional. Maybe it's art. Maybe it's a comment on the bisexual transference of desire that occurs in jealous love triangles. Probably that, yeah. They're getting into the pool. Oh, boy. Oh, my God, they're having a splash. <gasps> Flirty. Oh, my God, is Ariana just going to, like, snog this man in front of his partner? Wow, it's a threesome. No, it's not. Listener, Ariana has turned her attentions away from the male and is now gliding over to the female. It doesn't take a genius to predict the next move here. <gasps> She's leaning in. Here it comes. Snog, snog, snog. And then the video cuts to black. Straight women, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, Need to fucking stop making girls kissing girls something edgy and cool, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Straight girls get, caps, praised for kissing other straight girls, but real WLW, women loving women, get the harassment that comes with homophobia. Queer baiting is disgusting and I am getting, caps, tired of Miss Ariana. Hashtag Ariana Grande is queer baiting and using the aesthetic of LGBT intimacy for no reason other than shock value forward slash clicks. Trying to justify it as representing self-love is disrespectful to actual WLW. They don't have the privilege to benefit while also avoiding the stigma forward slash oppression. Ariana Grande has been forcing herself on and profiting off the LGBT community for years. She literally made a song queer beating months ago. She's stringing people along to believe she's bi and I'm literally just so tired of her. So in the case of Thomas slash Thomasine Hall and in the case of Ariana Grande... A person's identity is being put to the test and who they say they are isn't considered enough. Yes, because even, I mean, even what they say, if it, if it isn't what the judge or Twitter wants to hear mm. or understands, it's presumed to be a lie. So like some would say, I mean, I would say that the fact that Ariana Grande sings the lyrics, I like women and men mm-hmm. in the song Monopoly. I mean, that's all you need to know, isn't it? Yes, but it's just, it's not explicit enough for the masses, Mary. Like, (laughs) we just clamour for for clarity. Yes. I think we're also clamouring for struggle, though, because there is an aspect of queer baiting where the anger is coming from, you don't get to be bi because you haven't experienced the hardships I have Mm. because you're not out, so you don't know what it's like. So there is like a resentment of the ease with which like celebs seem to play with like queerness and gender in this like really fun way. But it's understandable, but it's also sort of a counterproductive argument because Mm. isn't ease with queerness what we're all working towards? But I guess the crucial thing in this case is that Ariana doesn't call herself queer and yeah. like never has. So although you might welcome her into your idea of like this ideal bi community and I do. because yes, <laughs> because of a single lyric that she sings, she but she is sort of rejecting that affiliation by not telling us explicitly. Yes. And and you know, why don't you get involved if you are, you know? Come on in, Ariana. <laughs> Come the join us. Lovely. Like it is really important to be able to look at a celebrity and be able to align yourself with them. It it sounds quite obvious to say, but that is why labels can be and have been historically really fucking important. Mm. Here's Blue again. People want to see themselves reflected back to them. It's, It's something that we really want and need since, like, film and TV became a thing, since entertainment became a thing. You want to see yourself reflected in that. You want to feel purpose you want to feel like you are seen in the world and validated which brings us to the big question of episode one 
Why have we called this podcast Life of Bi? Uh, you know, I have to say, I, I, so the thing I find peculiar is, <laughs> uh, I suppose, I am surprised that you still talk in those terms. Because to me, it seems very old-fashioned now. To use bi? Yeah. That's Adjua Ando, a brilliant actor and director. We went on a really nice walk with her, actually, in the rain, in a South London park with her dog, Millie. And she's a self-proclaimed bisexual. Even if she does think the word's a bit out of date. It feels terribly old-fashioned. What would you use instead? Well, I suppose I just sort of feel like we're sort of... I don't know what you would say. Would you say queer? Pansexual. Yeah. Queer's good. Mm. I like queer. I use it a lot. Yeah, me too. Well, it, it is all the rage these days, isn't it? Oh, it's very and it is. <laughs> good. You could even say it's overused. Because mm. queer pops up so much in the media at the moment, it's not always clear what it actually means. And in academia too. So here's our researcher, Eve, again, on the hunt for bisexuals in history. I think I was really surprised by how annoyed I got with the word queer. Because it's like, I'm looking for something really specific. And of course, an umbrella term is so useful in lots of other ways. But um, for me in this particular moment, it got a bit frustrating. Hunting for labels on JSTOR is one thing, but a queer life is quite another. Here's Tabby Lamb. She's a playwright and performer and trans activist. My boyfriend is bisexual and sometimes I say I'm bi, sometimes I say I'm pan. I, my main thing when if I'm attracted to someone is generally... Are they trans or not? So for me, the whole point is it's about loving the person of your heart. Yes, and uh, what their, what their spe- you know, their specifications gender-wise are sort of irrelevant. It's what's going on in their heart. And now I suppose the binaryness of it, I sort of think, well, what about if you love somebody who doesn't identify as male or female? Yeah. Uh, what, what, do you know what I mean? What's That's the, how... What's the, uh, what's the algebra for that? But then sometimes when you say bi as well, you get drawn into the, well, bi means two, and that means there's only two genders, and you're non-binary, so how do you fit into that? I'm like, well, that's just not what it it is, so the end. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's not really, and people love to debate, and you're like, oh, Han, I'm not really here for a debate. I'm not like, this is my identity. I'm telling you what it is. I'm not asking your approval. Pansexual. Which one? Pan. Pansexual. Oh, pansexual. pansexual. Well, for me, the first time I heard it was the 70s. It's just like, oh, you're pansexual. pansexual. And it's bisexual. bisexual. It was all different uh, identities in there. And pansexual for me was uh, kind of the same as bisexual. I, I wasn't... It wasn't an interest to me because I was a lesbian. lesbian you know, if we really get it, that we all belong, we're all here, let's move forward together. You're pan, I'm bi, so what? Good. So I'm, I'm, I'm in a place where I'm just using queer. Queer, um, queer, But even though it's so broad, I feel like I'm not stagnant anymore. Like, I feel like I'm moving forward. You know, I, I think there's an assumption that the queer, queer label queer. somehow represents greater sophistication about sexuality. I don't know that it necessarily does. Libido is asexual. I'm gay, I'm lesbian, I'm bisexual, I'm non-binary, I'm trans. Whatever it is, rock it. Rock it all the way out. I mean, I call myself queer and I'm 66. I have accepted the fact I am a black, gay, proud man. We don't have 
specific word. Auto sex. We, we took that word from Rwanda and it's called Bidadi. <laughs> Bidadi. So I was going in between gay, lesbian, and straight, and then I came across the term bisexual, and I was like, that's it. We're, 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 we If you're unfamiliar with this rainbow of labels, just Google it, you lazy <laughs> shit. Nah, I'm sorry. We, we got your bags. Yeah, we actually have put together a little glossary for you on our website, which is at www.hotterproject.co.uk. There you'll also find transcripts of the episodes and loads of other resources. So in answer to your question, I mean, it was our question, really. <laughs> Why is this podcast called Life of Bite? The simple answer is because we are. It could just have easily been called Life of Pan, yes. but it just doesn't rhyme and it's not a pun. Mm. So what's the point? To us, pan and bi mean the same thing. Yeah, because we don't define bisexual as binary. What we mean when we say we're bi is that we're attracted to all genders. Or alternatively, that gender just doesn't play a huge part in who we're attracted to. Yes, exactly. It's fun, but not a deal breaker. And for the purposes of this podcast, we're using bisexual to mean people who practice bisexual behaviour in their lives, i.e. they didn't just sleep with or love one gender. And sometimes this will mean that we're talking about people who didn't identify as bi to talk about bisexuality. Because we're interested in any sexuality that moves, that's fluid. Those are the stories missing from the history books. Because they're the hardest to catch. And that's why this is a slippery history. Next time on Life of Bi. We are not gays. I started uncovering cases of uh, African men and boys um, engaged in uh, in sexual uh, relationships. You know, there is this um, Western agenda. Let's even talk about um, the, the Ugandan king. What's his name again? Um, you know, you're rubbing genitals together and results in orgasm, and that's not sex. He he, he was a king, and he's <laughs> a whole king. <laughs> You know, and he was the African. I just want to say, it ain't over till the bisexual speech.